0: Hi, my name is Vipul Astana. I'm a Sismil Hindu from NCR India. Today I'm accompanied by my sister Ayushi Astana and we talk about Hindu Renaissance. Uh, When I talk about Hindu Renaissance, I would like to clearly mention here that we're going to talk a lot about Indian history in general and most of Indian history that is way before any other religion or any other type of ideologies were born hence we talk about hindu we're calling it hindu also because of few reasons that anybody born between the himachals and the indian ocean or the hindu sagar is a hindu in general the second is our oldest and oldest books mention every living being between these lands as Hindu. The third, when the Persians came to the Indus Valley civilization, well, this one is mentioned in the books today. Yet I want to reiterate this is when the Indus Valley civilization had guests from Persia, they were unable to call that land Indus and hence changed it to hind and hence people from that land were hindu so here we start with the podcast hi welcome to the podcast
1: hi everyone thank you vipul for having me
0: so now we talk about the hindu renaissance uh, before we go into that, I would like to discuss with you, like, what do you think is the timeline is not correctly mentioned in our books, but is the real timeline of the Hindu history?
1: Well, to answer that question, uh, first of all, I and a lot of people who believe in Hindu civilization and Sanat and Sanskriti and our culture, we do not have uh, a starting point or, you know, uh, an origin. It is believed that our culture has always been there since the inception of time. Always going to be there till the end. Or And, you know, it is yet divided into four yogs, uh, and uh, which is in itself, uh, you know, a combination of a very long time, uh, so many years. Like, for example, Satyog, the first yog, w- was is said to be uh, of 17 lakh years. Then, you know, the next yoke, which is the Treta yoga in which Ramayana happened, uh, is supposed to be said of, you know, to be of around 12 lakh years. So in every year, in every yoke, you will have a declining number of years. Uh, and we'll have an ending with uh, the establishment of dharma. We had Ramayana in Treta Yuga. We didn't really need any establishment of dharma because everything was pure and pious in Satyog. So we didn't have any epic as such that we know of that had happened in Satyog. But in Treta Yog, you have Ramayana in which, you know, uh, it's said that after, you know, Ram killed, it, Ram, the uh, that- dharma was said to be established once again. And everybody was happy and, you know, and uh, there was, uh, the evil was destroyed. In similarly, in the next yoga, which is uh, the Dwapar yoga, the yoga Krishna, in which everything, uh, you know, the birth of Krishna and Mahabharata. And, you know, after that, uh, Krishna becoming the king of uh, Dwarka. Every, all these events happened in uh, Dwapar. And then we have Kalyugha. Kalyug is said to be of around four and a half lakh years, so we're still in it. So we don't really have a timeline as such; it just goes on like this.
0: Uh, I can understand what you're trying to say, but uh, I also uh, add to that that we still need to go through like proper discussion and proper like evidence finding to actually denote it in the time graph, but uh, what I have read and what I want to counter with the current books is that uh, we are at least like, we at least initiated the situation around 10,000 BC. Uh, For that, I have a statement that I would like to present to empower this. What I'm trying to say is uh, like, if you talk about the oldest book in our culture is the And uh, Rigved mentions a river, a river called Saraswati. Uh, today, this river does not exist. And you can find like on Google Earth like, the remainings of this river, the riverbed. But mm-hmm. uh, if you read the book, it mentions like this river as a free-flowing river. And it used to p- cause so much atrocities that it was a flood-giving river it was also mentioned that this river used to sound like 10000 tigers roaring at the same time
1: wow. so
0: if you go into this timeline and try to figure this out uh you'll see that by science we know that the river is ro- almost ex- extent for 5000 years so we directly go into 3000 bc which is Already pounding upon the current books, like it mentions, like the uh, 1500 BC, the opening of Harappa and Mohenjo-daro civilization, which is uh, not matching with this. But I add to that that this book also mentions that this river is uh, causing floods. If this river were to cause floods, it has to go in its prime. Mm. To be in its prime, you have to go again 3000, 4000 years back which makes you go towards 7000 BC Uh, when this river is free flowing and is causing floods. Somebody is writing a book, which is already saying that some things have happened. Something is going to happen and something is currently happening. So if you put everything in prospect, you will get somewhere around 10,000 BC, which is where I come from i totally agree with you that uh, the book also mentions that it is yug sex. so i think we need to understand it better to know better for now i'll going to i'm going to stick with 10000 bc as a starting point for this culture
1: and just uh, to be clear we're talking about rig Veed, right here the book that you
0: yeah, yeah 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 okay i would also want you to elaborate like not elaborate in brief uh, if you had to give the uh, complete history of Hindu uh, Hindu civilization and how everything happened, in, if you had to give everything in a few sentences, how would you do that?
1: So I would like to start from the beginning, uh, since like from the creation of universe. So Lord Brahma created the universe. And uh, also decided uh, the four Varnas. Varnas are basically the modern day caste system because now we call it a caste. A caste. But based on the skill set, you know, uh, the Varnas were created by Lord Brahma himself. It is said uh, that, you know, uh, the Brahmins were born from the head of Lord Brahma. Kshatriyas were bo- born from uh, the arms of Lord Brahma and hence they are the warrior class because they are always included for, you know, fighting and, uh, you know, uh, fighting battles and wars. So,
0: security, Basically, yeah.
1: Yes, for security. Uh, similarly, the other two classes were also born from, uh, out of Lord Brahma himself, uh, which are Vashyas and Shudras respectively. So once the varnas were decided by Lord Brahma, now there was a need to form society based on this because in a small uh, structure, corporate structure today. We need, you know, we need people to manage the department. We need people. We need a cleaning staff. We need a catering staff. So uh, similarly, our society is also run like that. Uh, we when, need a
0: manager, basically, yeah.
1: Yeah, so we need somebody to you know provide teaching uh, for, for preaching basically. Then we need peop- we need craftsmen, we need laborers, we need all kinds of people, and hence the varnas were de- uh, were designed. Now, based on that, well, the society was formed. Uh, now, people who wanted to be a part of the, this system were living in a monarchical kind of society where there was a king. There was a kin. There were kingdoms, and uh, a praja. And the people who didn't want to live in that kind of a system lived in a tribe, and were then called as tribals. So, since Lord Brahma created the universe. Similarly, Lord Vishnu maintains the universe. He makes sure that uh, the balance between the right and wrong is maintained, and dharma is restored at every moment. So, whenever uh, you know people observe a decline in dharma, Lord Vishnu would uh, take, uh, you know, would incarnate himself. Incarnate. Yeah, exactly, incarnate himself. Um, in certain forms. The first uh, avatar that Lord Vishnu took was of a fish, uh, called it a Matsya avatar. Then he incarnated himself as a turtle. And then later on as a Varaha avatar, it was a pig face. Wild, yeah. yeah,
0: wild, yeah. wild bull, yeah. Yeah. He was a wild
1: yeah. So, after that, he incarnated himself as, as a Vaman, a little Brahman, basically. So, uh, and later on, he incarnated himself as a nursing. He was basically half human and half uh, lion.
0: Tiger, lion.
1: Exactly. So, in each of these incarnation incarnations, uh, he... Uh, you know, established dharma in some or the other way. In uh, while he took a, a, an avatar of uh, Narsingh he uh, fought with a very victorious king at that time, uh, just to save a little boy who was a great devotee of Lord Vishnu. So, and later on, he took and uh, he he took an avatar of uh, Lord Ram. And we very well know uh, the story of Ramayana, how the dharma was restored in the end of it. Then he incarnated himself. uh, Okay, before Ram, there was another incarnation of Lord Parshuram. So, uh, then he, uh, you know, the job of Parshuram was uh, to, uh, he finished uh, the entire clan of Kshatriyas multiple times. From the earth just to prove that you know humility and humbleness is so important then then came Lord Ram we all know about Ramayana then came Lord uh, Krishna and uh, you know he is world-famous today after Krishna uh, there's another uh, incarnation of Lord Buddha which uh, Kali itself but there's a huge chunk of uh, history in between you know uh, the time when Krishna appeared till the time Buddha appeared there's a huge chunk which is still missing and is not uh, known to a lot of people and this is what we need to you know uh, make efforts in this direction yeah yeah, we need to make efforts to find what happened during this time so uh, from, uh, you know, an incarnation of Lord Vishnu in the form of fish to Lord Buddha, we have had several, uh, we we know about several stories, but this one part, which is, again, not known by many, not even I, even I don't know what happened between, in between, you know, um,
0: and that Krishna is something and we buddha. need to research yeah. more to understand yeah exactly
1: but, uh, and after I Lord think, buddha i think uh, you know the kingdoms we we know a little bit of about kingdoms what happened whatever happened this, after
0: this is fairly modern history for our indian uh
1: yeah, that, yeah exactly that's the part of which we can say it's a modern history uh for our country yeah. so yeah uh, for the which not, followed by not, golden period yeah, and for our
0: culture, yeah. yeah, I guess uh, we had a lot of kings post that like uh, Lord v- uh, King Vikramaditya was the biggest ruler at that time, and a post that we had uh, like the golden period of Indian subcontinent where we were trading so much where we were uh, making so good efforts, but I think it is that. Time when uh, different kind of ideologies were born, and different other kinds of uh, Abrahamic born, and uh, just how Abrahamic religions are, they do the same thing. Uh, they try to get more and more people to follow their religion. So, hence, what happened was invasions, and after invasions, mm-hmm. different different ideologies came into existence. And slowly, gradually, people with propagandist ideologies or these mal- ideas, they somehow won power and started putting, I think, dirt over these thoughts and uh, these uh, history. Even we had uh, Indian historians, we had m- m- people about this. But they were not given importance just because the people in power were not inclined to that kind of thoughts. I think this is why I totally understand why we need uh, Hindu Renaissance.
1: Of course. And, you know, during multiple invasions, so many of our world-class libraries were, uh, and universities were burned down and it kept on burning for months. So, just imagine the kind of information, the kind of uh, knowledge has already already been lost. So, yeah, Sad. it definitely calls for a revolution. It definitely calls for a renaissance and uh, hardcore research.
0: Hmm, that's that's good. I totally understand. You know, the thing I also think about is if you talk about the hindu renaissance and people being aware about not starting to being aware about uh, what happened in the previous times and they are trying to uh, recollect everything they're trying to read onto everything they want to scratch every place to find what was the real history and what was uh, taken away from you uh, i think this also has a lot to do with the political upsurge that happened around eight, nine years back when the BJP or um, basically the Hindu party who, who came into power. Uh, do you think that once this, there's an, another upsurge, there is a different party in power. There is a different idea dynamics in power. Uh, people will go back to where they were people will start forgetting how what they were on the path of or what they were seeking
1: well i have a completely different because i don't believe that this upsurge that you're seeing right now in the bjp uh, with with the bjp being in the government is you know this upsurge has always been there india is a democracy the government does what the People want. So, if you take an example of Ram Mandir, uh, Ram Mandir was uh, this demand is not something that has you know emerged overnight. It has been there for 500 years. You know, ever since that temple got demolished and the mosque got created at the place of temple, this demand had been there. So, generation after generation, it was a dream. Of people since generations. So BJP was one part is one such party that believed in that dream. So it does not really mean that BJ after BJP, you know, once the BJP came into the government only then mm, you know the subsurge happened. It had always been there. It was just that there was nobody to listen. There was nobody in the power to listen, if I have to be precise. This Indian political system is very, uh, you know, uh, is is weird. It's not like BJP is a pro-Hindu party. You know, I wouldn't say that current shift that we are observing among the people towards them being Hindu and their Hindu culture is because the government is pro-Hindu. Because it is not. It is because the government is not anti-Hindu. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if you take any example, uh, uh, any uh, other party for an example, they've always been pro some other religion they never talk about hindu rights they never talk about uh, the plight of hindus even this government the present government does not think as much as we want them to think about us but it is at least not you know doing anything against the hindus like uh, you know ca- like imposing cases like Sabrimala and being uh, supportive about it they're not doing anything like that so uh, the the upsurge that you see is only going to rise according to me because now the hypocrisy of, of the politicians be it from any party any political party or any government state government central government the hypocrisy is right in front of everybody everybody knows what's going uh, what's going on uh, when uh, and this upsurge is, I think, is not going to change. In fact, when some other government is going to come, uh, you know, if at all, uh, it is uh, only going to make it more clear. The hypocrisy is going to be, you know, be absolutely in front of everybody. Now, whosoever is not observing it right now will also start to observe. This is what I feel
0: i have a uh, something of a similar and something which i don't believe with uh, mm-hmm. like what you said uh what i see is there are people few people who are trying to mold this into a political game and trying to take out every bit of either they can hear every bit of profit that they can hear uh for those people i am certain that these people will start forgetting about what the Hindu culture is, and what the request of the uh, are is, why people need to know the truth behind everything. So the people are in the BJP only who are trying to mole into getting more and more votes and trying to like be the fake Hindu and try to propagate a f- uh, similar ideology, uh, just to get votes. Uh, these people, I'm hundred percent certain, will forget and will start to do the dance of the need like if tomorrow there is a need of a different culture being pushed ahead different ideology being pushed ahead as that gets put they will surely uh, do that but i am also certain that there will be people who will remember that they are talking about something that is important to them or more important to everybody like uh, knowing what happened during the invasion period, knowing what was before Mohenjo-Daro and Harappan civilization, knowing if there was a, a civilization in the heart of India, like in the uh, Banaras, in the Prayagraj, way before it is ex- uh, excavated it to be, like what was there, uh, trying to know what happened in, in during the times when there is no history today. Like I believe that um, there is a lot of gaps in the current books, which is creating this question: What happened, and why is this not every second? Uh, you need to know what happened in the time graph, and to know that, like people will go, uh, like investigate. And people who uh, take profit in uh, this thing will surely going to forget
1: this profit that you keep saying i think uh, anything anybody who can you know uh, you know gain a profit out of some uh, of being a fake hindu or being uh, pro hindu for that matter are only politicians but this upsurge that we were talking about was uh has been brought by common people not by uh politicians that's what i was trying to say this government has not brought anything new in this uh, country it has always been there it's just that now those people have a voice that's it
0: that i am with you a hundred percent i'm hundred percent certain that is true uh if you talk about this renaissance like the correct renaissance that we see in the history books today, right now, it happened in Europe in the 14th and 17th century, like where the culture, the art, the politics, the economics, every part of um, your uh, development basically was seen in a new light, like everybody was trying to innovate into everything and uh, go into finding the best way there. Uh, if you see this today, like this is happening when uh, we talk about Hindu Renaissance, like people are trying to understand what happened into Hindu things and using that information, they are trying to create a new future and look like towards politics, economics in a new light. If you take this into import, uh, like if you quote this and uh, take this and try to replicate, uh, understand the history that we have today, the golden. India in the Mauryan Empire in the Gupta Empire uh, at that point of time we had something similar happening something similar if happened at that point of time do you still see like what is happening today is a renaissance or it's just like a periodic structure like this happens then we go into devastation then again something like this happens and we go into devastation what's your opinion
1: well, I think uh, when you talk about Gupta and modern empire, empire, and for that matter, Chola dynasty, or any such uh, reign of uh, you know emperors that we've had in the history, uh, the the main goal in their uh, reign was to was progress, and India, you know, nobody was in delusion at that point of time. Uh, in you know uh, as far as the cultural background was concerned everybody knew where they were coming from everybody knew who their ancestors were everybody knew what the culture is like uh, who the gods are and why they are the way they are nobody condemned murti puja or the idol worship that we say nobody condemned nobody had doubts about their religion don't nobody had doubts about people following their culture as in why are you being so religious nobody had questions like that so their main aim was only to develop and grow india was very rich in that sense you know it was uh, it had the best economy it was contributing 35 percent of the world economy
0: so but india, this was, was happening because uh, i think this was all happening because we are go we were going through a renaissance at that point of time no I am saying if that was a renaissance and then we were devastated because of the uh in these kind of uh, invaders. No, 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 no. Do no. you see?
1: No, that was not a renaissance because nothing bad had happened before that. You know, it was only uh people were putting more time, more, more of their time into progressive stuff, into knowing more. You know, traveling more, they were trading so much, they were everybody. Like, we, our economy was booming because we were trading so much. We had so much gold because we were trading so much. Uh, I heard one uh, in one of the podcasts uh, in which, uh, you know, uh, Amit, uh, uh, the author, you know, from uh, who's the author of. Uh, Dharma
0: Shiva Trilogy
1: Amit Tripathi
0: Amish. That is Amish. Yeah. I'm
1: so sorry, Amish Tripathi. I'm so sorry. So, he mentioned that we don't have a gold mine as such in India, yet we had so much gold. So, what could be the reason? It, it was because we were getting so much business and the currency was gold, and uh, we were so uh, far in nature that, it, that uh, during more that. Had their own coins, you know, uh, gold coins with all kinds of, you know. Yeah, just, yeah. It it had, it, they then, had, yeah. Own, they had their own. They had. Imagine how were, yes, and how far they were in terms of business and this. Uh, so I would not call it a Renaissance. It was a golden period because we were developing. So fast, and we were progressing so fast. We were going forward. We were, the world was looking at us, you know, for inspiration. People used to come here at our universities from all over the world to study. We had great universities, like some some of the best universities, uh, like Takshashila, like Nalanda, and.
0: uh, Vikram Shilash. Uh, Sorry, I think we lost our connection there. Uh, What were you saying?
1: About how India was flourishing in the times of Gupta and modern empire, and how different emperors were, you know, focused on progressing uh, and taking their uh, empires forward in terms of development. It was in temples or, you know, education. We were flourishing in each and every domain at that point of time so when you say that there was a renaissance happening uh at that in that period of time so no it is where we we want to go go back back. that is that was the standard which our ancestors for india and right now we have only degraded so to reach Again, to that level, we'll have to change a lot. First of all, we need to settle this chaos down, the chaos that is going on uh, between religions that, you know, India is a secular country. It is a fight, which is a never-ending fight. It is always going to be there unless and until we, you know, dream of, the same kind of progress the same kind of development mm. which is only possible when people believe in our culture people believe in our history and you know give it the right For respect
0: no the correct you know
1: give give it exactly and give it the right respect that it deserves you know right now we are giving respect and glorification to wrong people we don't want to do that anymore
0: totally agree with you apart from the thought that uh, we need to go back to the times. I think uh, what we actually uh, need to do from my opinion is uh, understand what we were, take that kind of knowledge and put it in the t- uh, today's domain and start flourishing again.
1: Exactly. I'm not talking about going back in time. I'm saying going back to that level where we had because if India could do that once we can surely do that again
0: we've been we have been the like in most developing nation in the world in just 70 years of independence we've grown to the strengths just because of our uh, the what mother nature has given us apart from all the different kinds of corruptions everywhere we've still managed to go to that kind of de- uh, development rate only because of the mother nature what they have provided with uh, us with uh, but uh, when we talk about
1: that is what what we need to deal with we have to learn dealing with because we could not deal with the invaders we could not deal with the corruption we could not deal with the negative that came in our way we had all the good things you know we had we were privileged in every sense resources wise so all we didn't have was uh you know to know who our enemies enemies were not even then not even now so
0: we know that yeah understanding finding your evil is the true uh where i was going uh, with this podcast again is uh like when we talk about uh, reviving the history real uh, understanding what was right what was wrong and how to put everything in perspective today like uh, people have power today people have money today and people are not Great as they were in the Satyoga Dwapar, the Treta, it is the value, as you very clearly mentioned. People have their different dirty ideologies, they have dirty propaganda to fulfill, To With money and power, they are very well doing that, too much to the extent that we have manipulated the history until now. We have things written in our, in our history books which is not 100% right. But they are just to prove a point, just to push an ideology, just to prove a propaganda. Uh, With all of that in mind, how do you suppose that this renaissance will occur? Like, how will people start understanding things?
1: See, the truth always comes out. It's not like uh, any amount of money and power are going to sabotage it. It's they can they are they have sabotaged it to an extent, but it it they have still not been able to, with all the money and all the power in the world, still not have been able to you know damage it completely. The reason why we are having this podcast, even uh, after belonging to a generation who have been fed with wrong knowledge, they're still discussing the right history. So, this is an evidence in itself that you know. The power and money does not have uh, that much an impact, but yes, they are definitely playing with the, the playing the ideological game. That's pretty evident. evident. But you know, we need that is the reason why we need the right kind of people in the power. That's why we need to, you know, learn our history ourselves so that we can impart the right knowledge to to the next generation. We can make people aware. Mm-hmm. And this awareness is what going to ultimately defeat power and money in the end. The impact of power and money that we are having right now, that we see uh, in textbooks, you have wrong history in uh, colleges. They are being taught uh, wrong. Uh, you know, they are glorifying the wrong people and not even mentioning the people who deserve to be mentioned. Not even in the field of science, for that matter. Uh, no. You know anybody who belong we anybody who belonged uh, to India, and uh, in term in the field of science whether it was a field of science whether in the field of maths mathematics or astronomy or uh, medical medicine as as well we don't give uh, the due respect to our ancestors who actually founded a lot of things that we read today, like Shushrut, you know, people in the Australia, the Medical College of Australia worship Shushrut, but in India, we don't,
0: right? So yeah, that's also because there there are people who are trying to push their propaganda and they don't want Shushrut's name there because if they start mentioning Shushrut's name there, uh people will ask for more people who were there it's not like oh, there was only one guy who was doing something and once people start asking for more like the importance to the others who are being glorified as such will come to inexistent kind of a way
1: obviously because they are they didn't do anything significant for society whatever they did they did for themselves right even comments the that they created they didn't create it they didn't for it for themselves this is the story that we know right so somebody created a, a building for their loved created uh, a fort for themselves nothing for the society nothing for the people
0: you know what uh, i think will push renaissance to more, to, to the end uh, in the times of money and power pushing their propaganda are people who are writing something away of money and power like uh, for example if you take an example there was a movie a few years back called padmavati padmavati actually and uh, when people started questioning it they said that uh, it is just a poem and not the reality A poem by some poet who explains the story and there was no there is no truth of existence of any such thing that was there but whereas when you go into the Rajasthan and ask people they still believe Padmavati as their queen they still see this whole situation that happened as the reality and they don't say it just a fa- point of fiction people have uh, like history is always written by the rulers the kings the winners uh, you can't be a loser and uh, write a history so uh, people who won in that period of time in the times of padmavati wrote the history and discouraged every part of such existence but a poet like such uh wrote a poem and till date we know this complete story just because of him so if people like them are here like you mentioned amish Tripathi, if he is writing the shiva trilogy and giving the complete story of shiva in a Fictional manner and people with footing there that it is something that came out of our culture uh, People will read this and get inspired into understanding more about their culture and looking into the history They want to uh, see rather than just what is being fed to them
1: Same reason the local folklores always You know history in a much better
0: way than a textbook ever could yeah so uh with this kind of information like uh, what do you think will happen like once the world gets to acknowledge the true reality of this culture the hindu culture the hindu history and once like everybody starts to attain like the date time graph exactly like what happened, when happened, and uh, how things are with respect to what is being given to them. What will happen once everybody starts to see that?
1: First of all, good image in the world, but when you know they'll know about the invasions and what multiple invasions did to and our people are definitely going to know that hindus you know i won't even call it but hindus have always been on the right side of the history are going to be on our side since we are on this topic of hindu renaissance I would also like to highlight some of the issues which, you know, will would strengthen the need to bring the Renaissance. You know, it's very un, it's very important to understand why do we need a Renaissance in the first place, especially at this point of time. You see, there's a lot of cultural sabotaging uh, that is going on these days. Uh, whether it is our festivals, whether it is our traditions, rituals, the way, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, there are rituals, there are uh, different rituals. Some rituals are specific to women. Some rituals are specific to men. So there's a lot of uh, collision that is going on in rituals and traditions as to why uh, only women... Or should keep fasts, and why should you know women not be allowed in certain temples I mean this is not something to be um, you know this kind of sabotaging no. should. Not, yeah. we do not observe this kind of sabotaging in other cultures I mean the media or general people or youth never questions the traditions and rituals of other cultures but always pinpoints Hinduism I uh, find this very abrupt and hence, I feel that I needed to highlight this. So cultural sabotaging is going on uh, pretty extensively. Yeah, the second thing I feel is the hypocrisy in media and in politics uh, related to uh, different religions that uh, are there in our country. You know, you will never see media questioning the illegal mass conversion that is happening through Christian missionaries in the tribal areas and in, uh, you know, in small cities and towns. They'll never question that. In, in, In normal media, you'll never find such topics being raised. So this is one major aspect which I feel that should be questioned and targeted so that such illegal conversion campaigns uh stops in our country and uh, you know i mean i'm not against preaching someone's religion uh, preaching their religion i'm not uh against the propagation of somebody's religion i am well, against religion. yeah I- i'm simply against converting people uh on an illegal basis on a by you know by fooling them by bribing them i mean this is seriously a, a major concern according to me you you will never find uh, topics in media like demolition of a 100 year old temple you know in the name of encroachment they are they are demolishing thousands and thousands of temples every year and but at the same time you'll find a Mazar or you'll find a mosque closer to the railway station, and that will never be counted as an encroachment. You know, you'll find yeah. uh, you'll find a mosque right in the center of the road and that will not be counted as an encroachment ever. but a thousand year old temple, a hundred year old temple will be broken down in a you know in a day in the name of encroachment so this kind of hypocrisy hurts me I, i'll be very honest with you mm-hmm. then there are certain more pointers in which you know you feel that a lot of injustice is happening with the hindu community where you know human right violations
0: are like to pretty rampant. Here. you know i would like to add on something here that uh all of this is happening is not because somebody is already initiating everybody or instigating everybody to act upon against Hinduism. It's more like because people do not know the real reality of Hinduism and the Hindu history and have gained all their knowledge on that abrupt or propaganda infused history. And that's why they stand against Hinduism, stand against Hindu uh, structures, or Hindu ideologies, because they're being taught like that. No, If they were uh, educated enough or knowledgeable enough to understand the whole perspective and not see it with the lens that is provided by them, uh, I suppose then we can have a better idealistic view on these things.
1: Moreover, it's more, moreover, it's about, you know, taking Hindus for granted. They know that Hindu for now is a majority in the country, Uh, the high, the, you know, the higher lot of taxpayers come from this community. So they have taken us for granted. The government has taken us for granted. They know that uh, what, no matter what we do. Uh, you know, if we dem- whether we demolish temples, whether we kill people, whether we kill sadhus and saints, nobody is going to raise any questions uh, because we are a peace-loving community in general. Some people do get enraged, but that's again for a very small time. Small we do, yeah. yeah. It's not like we're gonna s- block the road. It's not like we're gonna sit on protest for months to an end. It's not like that, and they know it. So, uh, and for the very same reason, Hindus, Hindu temples are, are thousands and, uh, you know, uh, such ancient temples are under government's control. So, whatever donations uh, that are, uh, you know, given by the devotees in the temple, land, whether it's, the form, it's in the form of land or money or jewelry... Everything goes to the government, the state governments, and they are uh, you know not even utilizing that money for the welfare of Hindu community. they are giving it to uh, Muslim uh, saints they're giving it to uh, you know mosques they're uh, giving it to missionaries. the lands are being donated to missionaries for creating churches
0: they're using so, it for the welfare of in general.
1: Other yeah. communities, but they have to understand that Christians and Muslims are minority in India, but globally they are the two most followed religions. So, yeah. in including superpowers like America and uh, you know other big nations like UK, they Christ- Christianity is being followed everywhere, and therefore a lot of fun comes in from vatican and such uh, you know big countries to uh, india to these communities to help these communities it is already coming in now d- despite of that uh, despite of this fact that you know they're getting funded from external sources the temple money is also going to these people so who are going to take care of hindu people when their own yeah. money the commu- the money that is coming from their own community is not being used for them, for their welfare how, yeah, uh, I, how I, is in-
0: if something is donated in a temple, they must be used for the temple and the people of the temple rather exactly. than being used just in general
1: exactly yeah, my I, point so, I totally
0: agree with this, yeah.
1: exactly my point and that is why I feel that Hindu temples, I mean Hindu renaissance would begin only when hindu temples are going to be free from government uh, you know government's hold because only then the money there will be money because if if we want such kind of revolution to happen in our community first of all we'll need funds and we know that nobody is going to fund us for it no not, not yeah. a single country not a single politician not a businessman uh, is going to fund us our own community people can fund us and the major funds can come from temples and temples need to be free for that
0: um yeah i totally affirm affirmate that i am with you on that uh i also would like to add on to it that it's not just like the only hindu renaissance that is happening we're talking about hindu renaissance today but i would like to also mention that uh what history we are reading today is actually a white man's history uh people from europe came out went everywhere and wrote history like for example if you talk about australia the original aboriginal uh, i mean to say the aboriginal australians the the og australians that were there are mentioned very less in their history uh, the other day i was uh, listening a joe rogan podcast and there was this guy and he was telling that uh, when brazil started burning the amazon forest uh, they encountered a few things uh, for example uh, there were some plants that have been growing there for a few years now like for a few hundred years now but uh if it were to grow there by their themselves, it is not possible. It is not possible to have that kind of seed in that kind of place. It's just the mother nature that once if something starts growing, it'll flourish it. Uh, if it were to grow that there by itself, it is very difficult. Uh, you can't have that kind of seed there if you talk about the soil that they have there is like a super soil mixed with some kind of burning a leaf to a point where it becomes something and mixed with a raw soil making it super soil and growing uh, that grows everything uh, in a faster period of time Uh, when you when they started when the Brazilians started burning the amazon forest they started founding uh, pavements inside the forest, they've started finding uh, structures beneath the forest, uh, which were like old structures. So when er- he theorized that when the Europeans went in the Amazons, they brought plagues and different kinds of atrocities with them, which actually devastated the complete society. Nobody is uh, alive to tell that kind of story. Uh, and that's why when they came back, they did not mention it anywhere. They were very clear that, uh, nothing was there in the Brazil. when they started being there and, uh, post them going there, people have started being civilized similarly in America, the history of the native Americans or the red Indians is nowhere to found or very minimal in the books. So. I think this white man's history is slowly going to end and people will slowly start finding the real truth just like we have started looking into the uh, our culture slowly and gradually everybody will start finding and this white man's history abolished will be taken away the only thing this gives us is racism and nothing else
1: yeah just the white Hitman's history uh well yes of course a lot of a lot has to do with the abrahamic religions as well the spreading
0: and invasions yeah that is true abrahamic religions have always been like this i have no complaints for them as this is just the way they're if you can't you can't just say that scorpion has then the scorpion has the nature of biting you can't talk about it uh, all you can do is be aware be very alert be very interested in understanding how the scorpion is behaving and try to avoid it at most
1: exactly that is why I told you in the beginning that we need to know our enemies we need to know how to deal with the negatives in order to get the positives get the best out of the positives
0: yeah that is the need of the art, that is the need of Hindu Renaissance, and that is the need to crush down the white man's history.
1: Hmm.
0: <laughs> okay, this was this was good. I think we did good. We did good uh, in this podcast today. Uh, I think there's a lot to talk about uh, here, which we have not touched upon, which we need to give more focus to but i'm pretty sure that we'll have something like this again i'll have you on my podcast again Uh, how did you like it
1: i liked it i had fun and uh, yes i do agree that we need a lot more discussions more detailed and uh, more fact-based than just normal discussions and i'm sure that uh, we're gonna have it soon
0: yeah but we'll call it quits today here. I think we'll uh, have people wanting for more. <laughs> we'll do it again. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Anytime.
0: <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So this was Ayesha Stana, my sister, on our podcast. And uh, we'll have her again here. But it's a wrap for now.